Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast. I'm Virginia Stanley. I'm Chris Connolly. And I'm Lainey Mays. We are the library marketing team at HarperCollins Publishers. Above all, we love bringing librarians and great books together. Join us every week as we present buzzworthy books through author interviews, conversations with editors, and expert opinions from librarians like you. Enjoy the show. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Fest. Hi, this is Lainey from the Library Love Fest podcast, and today I'm very excited to be joined by Latanya McQueen, author of When the Reckoning Comes, coming out in August. Hi, Latanya. Hi. Hi. We're very excited to have you um, on the podcast. I've told you before we started recording that this has been one of my my favorite read of the season, and I've been telling every librarian I see about it, especially if they're more in like the, the horror or the speculative genre, I know that this is going to be top of their list. Um, and so I can't wait to talk about when the reckoning comes with you. No, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you. So a little bit about Tanya before we start um, about the book. So Tanya McQueen has an MFA from Emerson College, a PhD from the University of Missouri, and was the 2017-2018 Robert P. Dana Emerging Writer Fellow at Cornell College. Currently, she's an assistant professor of English and creative writing at Coe College. She published an essay collection titled, And It Begins Like This, and was featured in Best American Essays, Carve Magazine, and Bennington Review. And When the Reckoning Comes is her first novel. Um, so congratulations on that. And um, before I get into questions, I was telling you it's such a hard book to talk about because you don't want to give anything away. So I'm going to let you tell our listeners a little bit about When the Reckoning Comes. Okay. Um, I, so I guess in terms of genre, I would probably describe it as a literary Southern Gothic core novel, um, that has also to some ghosts. <laughs> um, it is centered around uh, this protagonist, Mira, who is a black woman who, um, gets asked to return to her hometown to attend the wedding of her childhood best friend, Celine, um, who's white. And uh, she she goes back and then, so the arc of the book uh, takes place over the course of, of what's to be the wedding and, or the weekend of the wedding. And in the midst of this, um, there are a couple of things. There's, she comes back for this wedding, but there's also two, like uh, she comes back for um, another friend of hers who she had once had feelings for. And then she, in the midst of the things, the racial tensions that are happening when she comes back to this wedding, um, which also too, <laughs> There's a lot of things that are happening in this book. Um, the, the wedding is also too set on a plantation um, that has been renovated to provide uh, guests with the antebellum era-esque experience. And so uh, in the midst of attending this wedding on this plantation that is having 
uh, that that is providing this experience for guests. We also to come to learn that there is this like back this, this backstory of these ghosts who are these slave ghosts basically who um, are seeking revenge on the descendants of their slave owning ancestors. Um, so there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of things that are kind of happening. Um, so that's kind of how I would describe it. I kind of say it's, you know, then the ghost, both figurative and literal, come back to haunt them. And it's yeah. <laughs> for a very, you know, there is a lot, there are a lot of things going on in this book. Like you said, there's so many, because um, it's to, it starts off in the past and, you know, then it goes to where she is in the present. But I think there's so much going on, but it's so um, thrilling where you have to turn those pages. You want to know what happens. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like you, we should tell people it's a little, it is dark and it has some, some darker, darker things, gorier things in it, but some things I have to tell you, I had to put it down at one point where I was like, I need to reflect meaning like this is, it's so it's, it's beautifully written and you are through that with some really horrible things that are true that happened. And so I was like, but then I got to pick it up and know exactly, I need to know more, but I had to like look up things I didn't know happened and I was I guess I shouldn't say surprised because I sh- I guess I shouldn't be surprised but it it was haunting and I could see why those people would really want to come back and, and enact revenge um I don't know if I'm saying this in a cohesive way but it was just so much to think about and I think from being from the south myself there's a lot there are a lot of conversations on plant about plantations and like you know, I know that there was like the Pinterest and the not, they said that they're not going to promote them plantation weddings as much because they don't want to romanticize this, this slave plantation in there. And so people are always talking about that. And I think that to have a, a moment to explore those feelings and, and what people went through there. Um, so that's, that's why I enjoyed it so, so much. Um, so what was the what was the inspiration for that? You have all of these wonderful essays and stories that are on your website, which I hope everybody goes and checks out because they're so beautiful. But why fiction? Why did you want to make that turn to fiction? That's a good question. Um, I I mean, there's, I guess, two kind of moments in terms of like how I kind of came to this book. The first was uh, during my PhD program, I was, I was struggling or thinking about writing another book, an essay collection. And as part of that, um, I went down to Louisiana and I visited and toured a number of the plantations, uh, there. Um, and when I went, I've, I've never seen, cause I grew up in Kentucky and the, they don't have the same sort of I guess, industry, plantation, visiting, marketing industry, I guess, that uh, that is like in Louisiana or in Mississippi. And so I wanted to see what that was like. And um, I went and it, I was struck about, I was struck by how these places, like there's, there's a very few, there's, there's very few commentary on like slave, slave on like actually what these places are. There is such a focus on uh, all of these sort of, they're focused on the owners, focus on um, like details about the owners and they're, they're I mean, they're tourist attractions um, to such a almost, 
it almost feels like 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 parody or something and so i just couldn't let it go um and i wrote an essay about it and then i put it in, in the essay collection that i did and then i still kept thinking about it um and then sometime later this i don't know if this is the best story to tell but like sometime later i went on a uh job interview and i because i was working on another book i was working on a different type of novel and i went on a job interview and i was it was in it was in the deep south and uh they i read from this book and i remember kind of having this like moment of panic because i was reading from this other novel that was this sort of uh like brutal scene and about uh what like a, a, about violence to uh, a black American. And so I was reading this, this excerpt and to a mainly white audience. And uh, they asked me, they kept asking me questions about the book and then they kept asking me about like another kind of book idea. And I remember thinking, I, I, I remember thinking about just the dynamic between being there and then this white audience and then this thing that I had just read and sort of feeling frustration over that. And then, um through not just from the interview process there were a lot of kind of questions that were i, I just i the whole sort of experience sort of made me i don't know so <laughs> i don't know how to explain this so like when they basically when they asked me they asked me what my next book was and i, I had a moment of panic and i had been thinking about the idea of the plantations i had been thinking about like this kind of larger idea of slaves uh seeking revenge and so i sort of blurted out this this idea um and then it was later i started kind of thinking about it and i was like oh this uh is something to kind of work with i've always been interested in horror um as well um i also too i i wanted to write i thought it could be interesting to write a book um in particular about the white gaze and because i was thinking about that right with these plantations they are functioning um for for the white gaze for white audiences and um i was thinking about i'd been thinking about that in terms of like my own experience as a writer and uh just my own kind of interactions with the world and so i thought it would be interesting to to, to explore the white gaze in a way not just to write about it but also to 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 critique it through uh the genre of horror um and so that that's that's kind of <laughs> where i was going or how i was kind of thinking about this wow. yeah that's a striking story too about the convergence of all of these these thoughts coming together to kind of make this the story idea and i think maybe it's a good example of what you talk about in the book of very like look how far we've come maybe that's what the plantations that are redone want to show but really we haven't come that far at all in some ways um and so did you know it was always going to have a like a, a ghost like supernatural element to it um yeah, yes. So I originally sort of started with that larger premise, right? That there are going to be these ghosts seeking revenge. Um, I thought, I felt like I was thinking about how, because that's, so when you think about, like for me, when I, when I read horror or watch horror, I, I don't have, I don't think I have the same reaction that most people do. Um, oftentimes, it, like it doesn't affect me in the same sort of way. Um, and I think because a lot of horror uh, caters to a white audience. And so I thought with this premise, right, like the horror element, the thing that 
instills fear, right, is this idea of, uh, right, that Black people that are going to seek revenge for the things and injustices that have been done to them, right? Um, if you look at history, uh, policy decisions, uh, laws um, have been created based off of that fear that Black people are going to uh, rise up. Um, and so, and so I was thinking about that and with the premise, right? Like, how can I write about this fear while also to critiquing the reasons for this fear um, and using that through, uh, or doing that through a book. Um, so I had that original premise and then um, uh, I was also too thinking about the like plantation weddings. And so it all sort of kind of came together, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, and like you had, said before, there's that whitewashing and, and seeing through different lenses. Um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about the, in the book, The New Plantation and some of the elements that are there for the visitors, like what would a visitor see if they came to this new plantation? Yeah, and I had, I had a really hard time writing about this in the book because when I, when you go, so when you go to these places, or when I went to a lot of these places uh, in, in Louisiana, it almost, it just, it felt, it was so absurd to me. It felt so absurd. And there was just so, like you go and there you can sit on these, like, like you can sit on these like balconies and you can have drinks and you can look out and you can see um, all of this land and people are just having for them, this wonderful experience. And there's this absence of like what this place actually represents for someone like me. Um, there are like there are gift shops, there's like, you can take a cruise, like there are bungalows you can stay in and look out on the grounds and see across that there's a slave cabin. <laughs> so it's just really, uh, it's just, I don't, it's just, it feels absurd. And so in writing about that in the book, like I, really struggled because on one hand, I wanted it to feel, I wanted people to read it and feel like this, this does not, this is, I wanted them to feel that level of absurdity, but also too, I wanted people to kind of take a moment and be like, well, actually, actually, is this, is this, is this, is this too much? Is this too far? No, it's not really. Um, but in terms of the book, right, like the character uh, Mira, she comes back uh, uh, to, to her hometown and then she goes to the plantation for the wedding. And then she she she's sort of touring the grounds and there's um, uh, there's reenactments that are happening, which also, too, is not um, <laughs> it's it's these places do have these types, not to this extent, but they do have reenactment some of these places and so um she sees that and they're you know she's going from area to area and they are antebellum-esque uh reenactments happening um that depicts uh um aspects of uh slavery life but it's also too again it's like uh catering to white to white audiences um so there's that really to me what I I always think about there's that scene where they're in the quarters and they're kind of checking things out and somebody it's like that air conditioner in it for like everyone to walk through and they're like this isn't so bad and I'm just like yeah. oh no yeah <laughs> yeah it's upsetting but yeah but that's what like that's what happened right you go 
and like they're they're trying and in some ways like the goal of these places seems to be to attract right like to attract more to attract more visitors right to to make it to be a memorable experience for guests right so they're trying to construct a place that is going to provide that for people right and so and then also too i i think within the with 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 the us like we just don't we haven't really acknowledged we haven't really not acknowledged slavery um we haven't really acknowledged what the effects of slavery were um for black americans and even with these places like the they don't they don't acknowledge it um and so like it, it yeah with the air conditioner it is at like a moment where you're like oh gosh this is this is horrible this is terrible this is how could this happen but it happens all the time and it's also too it's one of those things where it's not it feels like there's the there's the acknowledgement that yes this is horrible but then also too there's and i guess that's part of the the, the horror that um there's the understanding that this isn't outside of the realm of things that happen and i that's what i meant before when i said like i had to take a minute to to put it down and because it what is so horrible is that it's true <laughs> you know yeah. that's you know that's terrible um is there anything when you were researching this that you found out that maybe was surprising or that you were like oh i had definitely have to put this in the book um i think one of the things that was surprising to me and i think it's just because of my own ignorance of it maybe is that i just i didn't know the extent of how difficult it was to be on sugar plantations in particular and the ways in which uh like just black people just did not have a uh long lifespan at all all right out of like sugar plantations were just really brutal um places to be and they uh, just, uh, just there, there were all sorts of ways in which um, black people died, and uh, I think it was. And then also too, when you go, I think when I went and I visited, I think I was. It's one thing to to see these places depicted in a film, but then it's another to go and really see the expanse expanse of them. I think that wasn't clear to me. Um, just really how much uh, they operated like little cities within themselves, and you can you can get a, a sense of the expanse of it. Not just the expanse of it, but like how much it took. How much these places were built off of the backs of black labor. Um, I knew that and I, I had an understanding of that, but it's it's one thing to know and then it's another to to go to a place and really see the extent of it, as well as the damage uh, that, was, that was done. So that would be one of the things. Yeah. And I wanted to talk a minute because you have some at the beginning and end, but in the middle, there's some interludes with like a third person, kind of some more about the land and the people working there. And they're so poetic and really gives you just a feel for maybe like what that experience would be, not as Mira when she's experiencing, but just in general. So why do you, why did you add those in as something separate from Mira's story? That's a good question. Um, I started that, like 
uh, those first, and they were originally operating as just a forward. Um, and when we were revising the book, um, not just when I was revising the book with my agent, but like I, when I, before I had signed with Monica, a couple of other agents were looking at the book and one of, they both sort of suggested something similar about how there should be another, that it shouldn't just be uh, the protagonist who's taking on the brunt of a lot of the trauma that happens in the book, um, that there needed to be, a, that there needed to be another voice or other voices. And we wanted, and through working with Monica, we wanted to give a, a voice to the ghosts um, because in the book, uh, th there is this debate, I guess, between Mira and, and another character about if these are actually real or not, right? And so it's kind of walking that line. Um, and so we thought it would, it, we, we thought it was important to, to give them, to give them a voice in some sort of way. Um, and so that, so extending, extending the four to make it more of a thread and not, not just having that thread, but like having it comment on and be a conversation with uh, what's happening uh, in the plot of the book became something important to do. Um, a lot of, a big thing with Mira, Mira is a type of character who she, her whole life, she's somebody who has been taught to believe primarily through her mother, but also to, through society, that if you, you have to, if that if you act in a certain way, behave in a certain way, um, then you will not suffer the brunt of racism in the same way as others. And so she has this, she has this particular worldview um, and she operates from that understanding. And so a lot of her own personal arc is coming to a new understanding that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you act. It doesn't matter what you say, that people are still gonna see you how they see you. What does matter is being aware of how you're seeing, but still also to standing up um, and standing up for what's right and, and, and holding true to that. And so, so she has this personal arc. And so I wanted to have that be in conversation with this larger, I guess, collective arc um, of, of Black experience and the ways in which uh, Black people do need to kind of, do need to come together to, to fight oppression. Um, so that's, that's sort of uh, what I was kind of thinking about and how there's, supposed to be responding and reacting to each other oh, interesting oh well it's just it there's a lot to dive into with this book and I wish we we running out of time but there's so much to talk about and I think it's gonna it's very thought-provoking and people are going to want to talk about it with others and it'll be great for book clubs too um and I just want to read a few quotes um, that have come in for this because you have some great quotes. So Rihanna Milkar um, Scott said, this book is a wonder. Uh, Megan Giddings, author of Lakewood, uh, said, reminds its readers that as long as people don't acknowledge how much of the past still shapes the present, it will bring its whips, its hatchets, and its fists to make us learn. I love that quote. Um, and I so appreciate you talking to us today about this book and like I said it's so beautiful and I think very important uh in our conversations to be having thank you thank you thank you for having me <laughs> yeah so I want to remind everyone that when the reckoning comes 
is out August 3rd, um, and you can get a, an eGalley now librarian. So get to reading and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Library Love Fest podcast. For more information on this week's episode, go to librarylovefest.com. Enjoying the show? We would love to hear what you think. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Library Love Fest and on Instagram at Harper Library. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and share the show with a friend. Lastly, if you enjoy our show, we bet you'll enjoy all of the other podcasts from HarperCollins Publishers. Find a list of shows at harpercollins.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.